You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. More injuries, more disappointment. Is this season over yet? Episode 104, Orange and Back Check, starts right now. This is the Orange and Back Check podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt. Oh, welcome in, everyone. It is Sunday, if you're listening on the day that we release the pod. Happy Super Bowl Sunday to you. A guy who I don't think has any rooting interest in either of these teams. Scott Weinhardt, what's going on, brother? You kidding me? I'm all in on Matt Stafford, man. Let's go Rams. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. No disrespect to Joe Burrow. But here's the thing. Look at that game. Do you think that the offensive line of the Bengals has any chance against that defensive front for the Rams? I mean, he was sacked nine times against the Titans. So, I mean... I, I and I think that their front, their defense is better than, than the Titans one. So I, I at least up front. So man, I tell you what, it's going to be a fun one to watch. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. So if you are listening on Sunday, enjoy the Super Bowl. If you are listening on Monday or thereafter, congratulations to your team. Uh, whether it's the Rams or the Bengals, you guys just won the Super Bowl. Yay! Congratulations. Uh, a team that is not going to be winning any anything anytime soon, it seems, is the Philadelphia Flyers, who. Uh, I mean, hey, congratulations to Claude Giroux. You, you're the all-star MVP this year. Uh, just keep boosting that trade market, baby. Like, that's, oh, yeah. all, that's all we can keep asking for as they lose again two straight to the uh, – I think they're now in the playoffs or right on the heels of Boston, uh, the Detroit Red Wings. Um, yeah. They are – they're still seven points out. They still got a ways to go. Okay. So, but, no. so this is – one of those things where you just kind of when you when you face a team that's a fringe playoff team and you're the Flyers where you're barely not not anywhere close to a playoff team, uh, you really see the the stark contrast to where these two teams are competitively. Now Saturday, I thought they were they showed up a little bit better uh, in Detroit. Um, we were fortunate. Well, I w- w- that was our first game on Wednesday. Uh, viewing from the press box, if you missed our Twitter space uh, pregame show, you can check it out on the, on, on our Twitter page at Obatchek or on my Twitter page at Radio Bill 1210. Um, yeah, it just seemed like Wednesday's trade or uh, Wednesday's game was just we're back and we don't want to be here. Even Carter Hart looked like crap. And then I guess somebody got in their ear and they said, you guys need to start playing well. And you played well on Saturday but you see the contrast difference, not just in competitiveness in terms of being a playoff team or a non-playoff team, uh, but also a team that's relatively healthy compared to the Flyers that are missing all four centermen at that time. Because again, 
Derek Broussard is hurt after returning from a game and he's back out of the lineup. And who knows if he'll be back on Tuesday when they play the Penguins. Who knows? I mean, now that they're so depleted at center, I mean, they're really their top center really is Scott Lawton. And listen, yeah. Sarge has played pretty, pretty hard. I'll say that, but he's got a limited skill set and no disrespect to him, but he's not a guy who competed at the top, you know, as a top center in the national hockey league. So um, <laughs> I, I think with this team, it's just, it's, it's more or less like uh, when, when the Sixers traded for Harden this week, I was completely tuned in. Cause I'm like, man, like that's could be something that's franchise altering. That could be fun. At this point, the only thing we really have to look forward to is the trade deadline. <laughs> let's, let's say, yeah. like, that's the truth. Like, you're like, okay, well, we know the team on ice is going to be real good. But overall, you know, you have looked forward to the trade deadline because of what could wind up happening. And I will say this, even though they, the Flyers lost yesterday, and they did, they did fight it out, and they did try to, to do that, the coolest thing I've ever seen this season was Keith Yandel throwing this? Oh my God! Yeah, listen, <laughs> and that was absolutely incredible. I'm like, that's where we're at. That's where, that's where we're at. That would have drawn a penalty. That's it a was penalty. Hilarious. It's an automatic goal. Once you do that, it's an automatic goal. Yeah. So like, and it just cracks me up because I'm like that. I saw the ref's head go up and then point to the goal. It was absolutely hysterical. I I enjoyed that very much at the end of the game. And, and Keith Yandel also scored his first goal of the year that day on Saturday. Like, it's just one of those things where he, he gave you every range of emotion that you could get. The euphoria of scoring your goal, a goal uh, in the NHL and then throwing your stick in frustration, trying to prevent a goal, an empty netter uh, to seal this one, to seal that win for the, to the Red Wings. Um, yeah, I, I just think like we're at it, like Fletcher spoke on Wednesday, on a Wednesday morning, right before the Flyers played, or no, was it Friday morning? Either way, he spoke to the media and gave an update, and it, like he, it was an update on why they're what they're doing with Sean Couturier, who's now out with back surgery. He's out for the remainder of the season, but also just the the line he said was, "At this point, we're looking towards next season." Yeah. Now I think he's trying. He, he if you were to press him on that, he would probably say, "Well, I was referring to." Ryan Ellis's status and maybe that's the case but deep underlying underlining issues like that's obviously what we're what we're focused on here Listen, you're you're way too far out and there's no point in bringing these guys back they're, like, honestly they, they're blind if they don't see that they have no chance of getting back into it this year I mean look they have they have 47 games they have 38 points they'd have to literally gain another 19 points just to tie Boston as of right now. The season's lost. It's over. They're yeah. not mathematically eliminated, but for all intents and purposes, they're they're done. The only thing they can do is they've gone up like a 10, 15 game winning streak to pull in contention. And even then, that's like, you know, taking a girl out on a nice date and she wants to invite you back to your place. And next thing you know, it's like, oh yeah, well, here's a cup of coffee. Have a good night. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's the kind of tease it would be. It wouldn't be anything along those lines. I don't know if that's a great reference. To use on the podcast, <laughs> it's fine. It anyway, but I've been there multiple times, but there are two you know, things. No, go ahead. Go ahead. As I say, it, that that's the truth. And the focus on next season is a smart thing. And that's why I say, I look forward to the trade deadline because what they do here really will impact what happens next season. I mean, there's a lot of players here besides Claude Drew that are in question. I'm telling you, Ivan Provorov's one of them. I would say Travis Konechny's another one of them. Um, you know, I, I, Sean Couturier is probably pretty safe as far as that goes because that new contract coming up. You know, I, 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 Sam, I might be in now. question. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of 
there's a lot of questions about what happened. So it's going to be very reminiscent of what happened between 06 and 07 when they traded Forsberg and then they went out and got like Scott, they got Scotty Upshaw and then all season they went and got Joffrey Lupul and, you know, they, they made a lot of wholesale changes. I think those are coming up. And I think the teams with, even though it's only going up a million dollars next season, the 81 million, you know, that there's, there's some things are going to be happening here and people have lost interest. You just saw by how many fans are there the other night. There, there weren't any. I mean, there's probably what five, six thousand people in that building. Yeah, according to to the Flyers, they sold out or they sold thirteen thousand yeah. tickets, but there was no way there was more than six thousand people in that in that arena on Wednesday nights. Especially like we have a Washington game coming up on a Saturday. I think it's a twelve thirty puck drop. Like that should draw in eighteen thousand people every night, every day, every season of of the year. Like that's just how it goes with the Flyers. Sadly, I wouldn't be shocked if it's less than. 8,000 like Ovi will bring in a crowd hopefully especially because it's inner division we've saw firsthand what happens when it's inner division um yeah. against the Rangers the opposing teams fans flock in like that's yeah. just where yeah. they where they go they're gonna so, go what we did what the Flyers fans did years ago in Washington and New yep. York when they weren't good that's exactly what's happening right now yep so like that kind of perspective like if it if it crosses 5,000 Flyers fans, I'd be shocked uh, yeah. coming up. And like these weekday games, these weeknight games are just a lost hope. Uh, like, yeah. they're, they're like there's no, there's no, it's sad because we, we, and we didn't touch on it. And it's a bit, or we didn't have this in our show prep, but I think we it should, should be addressed. We talked about um, after the Dave Scott Fletcher interview or uh, press conference a couple of weeks ago, that they're trying to make a, a, a more moderate connection or real connection with the fan base. They sent out emails to season ticket holders, to fans and saying, Hey, how can we do better? Put a list. What is your main concerns? And then they go ahead and re- uh, can't spell Isaac Radcliffe's name, right? Three separate times, <laughs> three separate times. Like, terrible on the three stars on the bill on the big screen. After the game, after the loss on Wednesday night, where he scored his first NHL game goal, congratulations, Isaac. That's great accomplishment. Then in their post game interviews on Flyers Twitter pages, Twitter page, they couldn't spell his name right on the the name ID tag in the bottom corner, bottom third of the video screen, and they also spell it wrong on the description page. Like, can we get something right? No, because they, did you see what they did yesterday? Did you see what they did yesterday? What did he? What the, you didn't see what they did yesterday? So no, they, I missed this. After after the Detroit scored the third goal, they said Detroit leads three nothing. I'm like, oh, I saw this. Yes, goal? the did tweet. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, and that, that's absurd. Like, how Listen, big can that be? Like, are they even watching the game? Like, it's exactly. It feels like they are. And, and look, the the easy excuse is say, well, the intern messed up. The intern is screwing up. Like, hey, listen, in 2021 or in 2022, interns are not doing this stuff anymore. They're not posting stuff on social media. Social media full time job is a full time job now. Like, someone is either just lazy. Or just irresponsible in their in their in the in the in the just the they're basic... not watching the game. They're right. they're not watching. They're not paying attention. They need to. It it is an infuriating because I'm thinking of it this way. That shows you what kind of organization it is. Like they're willing to put that stuff. Like if if that were a responsible person, they'd see the error, they delete it, and then they redo it up there. And maybe later. And by the way, they say, did delete the three nothing tweet. They, yeah. they, but they did not correct as far as far as I looked back as of, I guess, Thursday morning when I wasn't made aware of the Twitter video being also spelled incorrectly for Radcliffe. 
they still have that video up as far as I know. I don't yeah. know if that's true, but as far as I know, it's still up. They See, did delete it, the three nothing error goal from yesterday on Saturday. But still, at least make it a thing like, whoops, sorry, made a typo, something along those lines. Like people are gonna see that snapshot that and, and then put it out all over yep. Twitter. Like it's something silly, but it shows how much where where the organization is right now. And then when you like, you know, Crossing Broad has talked about it like Bundy in the past, talking about how the organization's fallen. Like you see, like you know what I mean? Like let's I you know, we don't want to go back and play revisionist history, but you think Mr. Snyder would tolerate any of this crap? Of course Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No. no way. He'd be completely embarrassed and someone would be held accountable. But I think there's a problem. There's a lack of accountability there. And, you know, people think they know better than everybody else. And that's where the organization's at right now on the business side of it. And it really, really shows. And it's showing more or less because now when you look at like a weekday game, you know, it, it still just drives me nuts when Dave Scott said, like, you know, oh, COVID's by the COVID's yeah. still an issue. But the Sixers, you watched the game last night against the Cavaliers, and they're sold out. Like, it's the hottest ticket in town. And they're going to even be more sold out with James Harden coming in. Yeah. So you can't make that nonsense. People are going to be hanging from the rafters at the Wells Fargo Center when it's blue and red yeah. and not orange and black. Right. And, and you know what cracks me up is that winning will fix a lot of this when the team when the online product is better it will fix a lot of it but the thing is it's actually a good thing this is happening now because it's showing a lot more of the rot that's inside the organization that needs to change and if they want to be successful as a business as a whole and i know we talk a lot about the business side of the of the of, uh, hockey on this podcast if they want to be successful and move this thing forward they have to make those wholesale changes to the summer yeah. i think that you know People, you know, people have reached out to me and said, how come they're not replacing the coach right now? How come they're not making any changes right now? It's like, what's the point? Like, you're not going to make any wholesale changes right now in the middle of the season. You're going to clean the, you know, clean the slate at the end of the season and start again next season. And, you know, Fletcher going back to the thing about Chuck Fletcher, he might've been referring to Ryan Ellis in that situation, but every, he knows, and everybody knows in that building that this season is over. They need to figure out a new plan for next time around. And they need to move this thing forward because with the fact there's only 6,000 people in that building against Detroit, who's got some pretty good talent, Dylan Larkin, Robert Fabry, most siders are forced, man. He was fun yeah. to watch. Yep. You know, that team's only up and up. And if you know anything about the game, you see that that team is going to be really competitive, probably if not the end of this season, next season. So um, that that's a game worth watching. But yep. because the team is so bad on the ice and because of the way that they've been, you know, they've treated the fans and stuff. I mean, it's, it's nobody goes and watches. And you know, it's funny because this actually is a good segue into what is going to be inevitably happening is the end of the Claude Giroux era. Like it's mm -hmm. a, like he's going to be traded. He, at some point he's going to waive his no clause, no movement clause. And it also was, I didn't notice this until recently it might have been Anthony of Crossing Broad, someone on ONB, Backcheck, High and Wide, whatever, whoever your other counterparts are. Mm -hmm. Claude Giroux is 13 games away from 1,000 played in the NHL. That's, that is going to be the highlight of this season, 1,000 uh, NHL games played. If he stays on the trajectory that he's on right now and stays healthy, doesn't miss a game starting on Tuesday or any here on out, he would hit 1,000 games played as a Philadelphia Flyer on March 17th against Nashville, Nashville. Yep. at home. No doubt in my mind that is why the trade has not happened yet. Like, you're, you're at the same time, you don't need to rush yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no point in rushing yourself to move Claude Giroux no. or for Claude to say, hey, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wave this thing. Let, let's get going. It's a Zach Ertz situation. Think of it the Zach, what happened with Zach Ertz at, uh, here in Philly 
for the Eagles this season, he had got he got to play one more game against as or in Philadelphia at home before he was traded the next day. And I think they even said that the deal was in place that day or the day before, but they were still they didn't put it through the league until the day after. So so Ertz could have one more home game because I think if I'm not mistaken, it came after a buy. That's the exact same situation that's going to be happening here in Philly. Like well, they Fletcher, traded him after the Tampa game. After the Tampa game, that way he threw, he caught his last touchdown pass against Tampa. Yep, I believe it was, and then he went and got traded. And I think that 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 next day, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so it, I, it it's gonna be like I think it's gonna be more like a hardened situation. Like honestly, mm-hmm. and I know it, it's so recent. That's why I'm using an example. It's like all that build up, all that drama, yeah, and all these things going on, and and then here it is, like boom, like like you know, one o'clock in the afternoon, it slaps you in the face, and it's here, and it's it's amazing. I think that but here's. Here's the small concern I have, and call this maybe just reading too much into into it, whatever it may be. Say the Flyers are in a situation where uh, they may not be – it's clear that they're scouting the Avalanche. It's clear they're scouting Carolina. They're scouting the contenders in the West and the East to figure out who is a suitable contender or a suitable trade partner for for Claude Giroux. Say something happens at game 998, right, and they say, listen – uh, we have a we, we the Avalanche because the Avalanche are the hot ticket right now. The the the, the Avalanche have a no no way can, can we say no trade in place a first round pick in twenty twenty three because they do not have one. Uh, if you didn't know, they do not have a first or a second round pick in this year's draft, which is honestly okay because this year's draft is a little weak. Makes sense that the Flyers are crappy in a year. Fourth that the, either they don't have a fourth either. Right. They've got a third they're very pick, weak at draft capital. Yeah. So they would be able to give us a first round pick in twenty twenty three. So. Let's say so Fletcher comes up to Claude and is like, listen, we have a, a trade in place where we can really overhaul this roster thanks to your value to it. And we, they want to do it now because if it gets out, they're going to like it. If, if it gets out that they're giving this much up, we're concerned they'll back away from it and it'll be no good. Like, do the Flyers owe him anything when it comes to at that point? that's the concern I have. Like, I think there's going to be deals in place and, and Claude is going to, and look, has he earned the right to play a thousand games as a flyer uh, in the NHL instead of uh, 998 as a flyer and two as an avalanche to make it a thousand. Yeah, I think he has, but at the same time, you got to look at it as a, as a, as a what's best for the Philadelphia flyers franchise. And that's the, that's the conundrum. I think that I'm concerned about that might be happening. I think, with that, it, and that'll show really where the where the team is at this point. Because mm-hmm. here's here's the here's the other side of it that people don't realize. Yeah, you might have a trade in place, but what if he gets hurt in one of those games? Exactly, like, and that's the biggest concern is that you can't let your biggest asset get injured. Because next thing, the teams are like, "Wow, well, the guy's hurt and whatever." I'm not gonna, you know, and not going what chances are. It's low of happening, but it's low of happening you, because you, the good thing is the only major injury that Claude has ever had was his concussions. I think in 20 had his wrist well, his wrist where he missed a little time in 20. That was a golfing incident. Yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, that exactly. I remember that. That was an all. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. trouble with that with Ottawa but police. About with, I don't think he missed many games. Cause that was in the summer and that was the lockout yeah. year. Wasn't it? Yeah. I was, I think it was, I think it was uh, after the lockout. Was it 13, 14? Was it? Okay. So either uh, way, it was but right it, around there. He's not very injury prone is what we're getting. Correct. At. Like yes. he, that's the good thing. But also, you don't want to run the risk of that. Like, yeah. hey, it'd be great at home against Nashville for him to do that. But, I mean, look, I think that there's 
with all due respect to Claude Giroux, I would love to see him play a thousand games in a Flyers uniform. That'd be a great spectacle. But yet again, they'd probably do the whole ceremony 30 minutes early before anybody got there and nobody's going to be there to begin with. So, <laughs> you know, like the whole thing with the alumni mess with a Palmgren and Tockett. So I think that w- with this situation, as much as Claude is given, you, you, you it's really, that's going to be a difficult thing because if you look at it from a hockey option, yeah, but also think, but you, think you don't about it. Take the risk. Yeah, you don't want to take the risk, but at the same time, you can't do anything unless Claude says, okay, I'll waive my no-move clause. So yeah. the team is hamstrung by by Claude. Yeah, but you really think that he's going to wait to play a 1,000 games until that happens? I, I yes. don't know if that... I, I think I, he wants to play a 1,000 games as a flyer. That would I think be it, pretty great. That would be pretty awesome if he wanted to do that. I'm sure he does, Like, but I think if they have a hard deal in place, they're going to have a hard conversation because it depends on what you're getting back. Yeah. Like if you're getting like a first round pick in 2023 and a guy like Byram, you know, what's it called? Uh, uh, uh Bowen Byram. Like I, I'm probably not <laughs> risking, risking that to, 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 yeah. know, to, to call Drew to get a thousand games. I probably wouldn't from a hockey operations side, from a business side. It's great to have Claude Drew play a thousand games because there's not many players have done that in the, in a Flyers uniform. Yeah, exactly. Like that's, that's the conundrum that I think we're going to be facing. Right. Like, Look, it's it's easy to say in two we- in in four weeks or whatever it is, less than four weeks, that Claude is going to hit a thousand games, and then uh, on uh, March eighteenth, March nineteenth, right before the trade of the line, he's he's no longer a flyer. I think that's easy to say, but when you think about the skim- the the, the nitty gritty of it, it's tough to like get your mind around to wait that many games because that's a lot of yeah. games. Thirteen yeah. games is three weeks in the NHL, especially with these scattered breaks and stuff. So it's, it's a, it's a conundrum that I think Fletcher is going to have to face sooner rather than later. And that's, that's the the challenging part, just like he's facing all of these challenges because Sean Couturier is now out for the season. You're still deciding on Ryan Ellis and, and Kevin Hayes on what to do with them in terms of surgery. The other thing is now Cam York is hurt down after a game in on Friday night against Hershey. Uh, he got checked into the boards at center ice in the neutral zone and just went in awkwardly. Now there's no timetable of how hurt he really is, but like if anyone else gets hurt, you and I are going to be called up for the, for this goddamn team. And we're going to get killed out there. Yeah, you're like right. That, right. They're going right. to, it's like the emergency goaltender situation that they had where they called up the guy from temple. And that's exactly like, this is what, this is what it's come to. Like, I'm glad that they've, decided to say listen we're shutting down couturier and saying that well, let's look towards next season the the problem i have is you just signed this guy to an eight year long eight year long-term deal and he's having back surgery like that's a i'm not concerned like a major red flag like another player that we're about to discuss who is debating surgery but when you hear back surgery for any player that's under the age of 30 I have a small, tiny red flag waving uh, and going, what does this mean for his future when he gets into his late early, early 30s, mid 30s on a long term deal like an eight year deal like Sean Couture has? Am I, am I crazy or is that I mean, to be fair, full disclosure, Chuck Fletcher said it's a three to four month recovery period. He should be ready to go in the offseason, get in his offseason routine and be ready to go for the 2022 2023 season. But again, anytime I hear back. I hear, I feel like something could go wrong at the slightest tweak. And now you're looking at another extended uh, recovery time and you, you're, you're, you're stuck. 
Well, I mean, and, and Fletcher did say that it should fix the problem. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it yeah. should fix the problem permanently. And again, it was is an issue that he has been not having up until this season. Like, Correct. he was battling through it. It's a first-time injury type of deal, which is a yeah. good thing. Yeah, and, like, people, I think, overreact. Like, think about it this way. Like, if someone tore their ACL, would you mm-hmm. kind of say, eh, yeah, whatever. Okay, done. I mean, is there the off chance you have a Keith Jones situation where they do the wrong type of surgery and screws his career? That's what happened to Keith Jones. Yeah. But that was also 20 years ago. So, like, I, where we're at with medical technology, I'm not reading into that. Okay. I'll take Chuck, Chuck Fletcher's word for it. I'm sure they've talked with the doctors and everything. First time thing, guess what? You know, it should fit, if it should fix the problem permanently. Well, I'm not worried about it. Okay, great. Excellent. Let's move forward. So, let's get him healthy and let's get ready for next season. Ryan Ellis is a little more concerning because it seems like they've been doing rehab and delaying the surgery, which has me concerned of how long that's going to be out, whatever that is. Yeah. And Kevin Hayes, 50-50. Anytime I hear 50-50 or something where surgery is a possibility, but we're not quite ready yet, we want to rehab a different way. And 50-50 was also about Kevin Hayes, by the way, too. There, right. The Ryan Ellis thing seemed a little bit more we're waiting because it's not as big of an issue. Right. I guess. And here's, here's my key. I go back you remember a couple of seasons ago when Sean Jackson was an Eagle the second time around and he had that core muscle injury, like a sports hernia, and he tried to rehab it and for a couple of weeks. And after deciding the rehab wasn't working well, he went and get surgery. It was out like half the season came back and then he got hurt right away because yep. he didn't, you know, all that stuff. So that's my biggest concern when it comes down to something like that is that if you're going the rehab route, and you've gone the rehab route for a long time, it's not working. And then you delay the surgery, you're going to delay your rehab even further. So that's the only thing. So that's where I'm concerned about Ryan Ellis is that, you know, not that we gave up a whole lot to get him, but do you have an ability for him to come back next season fully healthy by doing the surgery now or delaying it to a certain point and that screw you up for next season? Like, there are all those conversations you're having with doctors and stuff behind the doors. And I know, I know they don't want to go the surgical route, they don't need to. But that, that's the start of the question I have. It's like, okay, he's been out the entire season rehabbing an injury. What, what kind of injury is going to be rehab like that that does not require any type of surgery? It's got to be some sort of groin pull, something along those lines. And, you know, Kevin Hayes, what's going on there? Like, you know, what kind of injury does he have that may or may not require surgery? So, like, it's, you know, the policy of the upper and lower body injury, just, just come out and tell us. Well, like, it's so obvious. Let's talk about it. Yeah, well, it's obvious that that Kevin Hayes's surgery likelihood is again related to this core injury, right? It, that right. and that is a huge, huge red flag for me because if we're talking yeah. about a guy again on a long term deal, similar to Sean Couturier, uh, who's already in his thirties, if we're talking about going under the knife for our fourth time, third or fourth time. Mm-hmm. on the same area that is a monster red flag for me like that is very very concerning unsimilar to my concerns about Couturier and Ryan Ellis because Ryan Ellis sounds like again like what you just said a groin issue something right. of, a, of a of a soft tissue issue that he is not again Fletcher said he has not had this issue so you have two players that are dealing with injuries they've never had before that's usually is a good sign, not a good sign. I shouldn't say good, but it is a better sign than an issue in uh, than an injury that has been bothering you for multiple years or multiple Correct. months, whatever it may be. Like Correct. what Kevin Hayes is dealing with with the core. So Kevin Hayes is my biggest concern out of these three guys that now need surgery. 
will likely get surgery. Like if they're saying 50, 50 chance that Kevin Hayes needs surgery, it's a really a hundred percent chance that he's going to get surgery. Yeah, probably. Yeah. At this so, point. Yes. Yes. So like if we're talking surgery for a guy that is going to get this thing again, like what's what's what how are we supposed to know like yeah they're going to tell us that the surgery went well they said the surgery went well for the Sean Couturier back surgery but that doesn't mean that he's going to be healthy in Kevin Hayes's situation for 2022 2023 that doesn't mean he's going to be healthy because he's on this roster for 2025 2026 26 2027 like it is a monster concern for me out of all of this that Kevin Hayes might be going under the knife for the same core injury for a fourth time, whether that's cleanup, like the second surgery was, whether that's a cleanup procedure or a legitimate like repair job, like it's it's all the same to me. It's a very, very big issue for me. And I think the Flyers are concerned about the same thing. And I say this because if what you, you know, you kind of dig around and kind of see what they're looking for in a return for Claude Giroux. You know, if 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 Hayes has problems. You can always throw him an LTIR and clear up that cat space. You, you yep. can do that. We did it. They did it with Pronger for years. They did it with a lot of different players. So that's the case. You got to see what they're going to be looking for. So they're looking at Tyson Yost and JT Comper. So as, as, as returns in the deal. So if, if you're looking at that, you kind of see, okay, they know they need more depth up the middle. So like Comper's a winger, but Tyson Yost is doing on 23 year old center. So you're looking at that and saying, okay, well, you're already going to lose Claude. You need a little bit more. So um, that's that's. I think they kind of know the same thing as of that. Is it better for a guy like Hayes to drop to like the third line, even though you're paying him a lot? Is it better for him, him at this point to drop? Yeah, yeah. You're paying him top line money, really, honestly. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, there, that that happens. You you have to sometimes look past the money and say, okay, is he a better fit on that third line when he's fully healthy? You know, it, you're not going to know that till next season, especially with the piece you put around him. So um, I, I'm not overly concerned with it. I think we have to look into it at this point because they're so weak up the middle and they, you know, they need more depth. Now when Scott Lund's your top center, you don't have enough up the middle, but you don't expect also at your top center, your second line center. And then the guy you can swing in as your third line, as your third center, they've, they've traded. They're, they're, they're on their depth chart in going into this season for their four linemen, Couturier, Hayes, Patrick Brown, and Derek Broussard, they're all out. Yep. They all missed last Saturday's game. Yep. Like, that's mind-boggling to me. That is, like, look, I get that that is, that actually, that brings up what I wanted to get into before we close out. I have a serious concern that, yeah, they're going to make some changes here. They're going to trade Claude because they because they need to make the move. They know they need to make some serious moves here. There's a part of me that someone above Fletcher now, look, it sounds like they're giving Fletcher some autonomy here to say, uh -huh. fix the roster. They just announced the hiring of a couple of analytic guys. Uh, actually, one of them was a woman. I apologize. One uh, from new analytic employees, which I think might be the focus on how they try and rebuild this. What I mean by that is they're not going to look at roster. They're going to look at analytics. And that's a major concern because I think yeah. they're looking at this injury list and going, Holy shit, look at all of these players. We've lost all of our top line centers. We've lost yeah. our top line wingers. And how can we argue that this is a, a fair examination of this roster when we're injured this much? Well, let's just run it back and not run it back, but let's just rehaul the roster, get these guys healthy 
and try it again for 2022, 2023. If it fails then, then we'll get it a, a, a serious rebuild done. That is a major concern that I have. Now, they'll give Fletcher a throw, throw him a bone. They'll say, well, cl- trade Claude, trade uh, Martin Jones, maybe trade Ivan Provorov. But there's no, like, it's a very, it's a very real scenario that I think I've, I've come into the realization of that, yeah, they might just say all these injuries were the reason that our team sucked this year. Yeah, I, I, and they could. And it's not, and I think it has a lot to do with it. Let's be real. Like, we always talk about you need two centers in the NHL to do anything, and they don't have anything up the middle right now. When you have that, that's a problematic. And then Provorov was supposed to level off his game because Provorov struggled by himself. Where he's not that. He's not that type of defenseman where he's a guy who can just dominate a game. Those are those are few and far between. You need somebody to play with him and partner with him to play well. I mean, you saw how well he played when he had Matt Niskin. You know, it's defensive pairing for a reason. People tend to look at people on islands as defense and not realize that's not how it works. Yep. So if you're looking at this overall, Provorov, I don't think would be moved till the offseason. I don't think that he would be. Yeah, he'd be a draft day type of move. You'd have to do that in the offseason because you'd have to work the money out. That's a long-term deal for another team. You'd have to get a pretty, not sizable return, but you'd have to get a pretty good return on that one. Where You're loading up for 2023 draft picks on that one. You, yeah, um, you, you if for a guy like Provorov, I would imagine you would get a fringe third or fourth line and then like a risky um, – prospect yeah well like, i don't know like I, a, a draft pick a late first rounder yeah hopefully a, yeah, hopefully a late a first rounder and a prospect or like a a, a like a third or fourth liner like not much or, or a depth defenseman like something along those lines yeah so that's what you get for that that's speculation after after claude Giroux because i think with the with the issue with this team is that when they lose claude Giroux, people don't realize the other aspect is going to happen that's another sentiment they're going to lose like think yeah. about it they've had to move claude back to center to play those some of those minutes not on the wing so who's going to move over to center? Probably Travis Konechny. I mean, is he a center in the National Hockey League? I don't think Travis Konechny is barely a winger in the National Hockey League. So, I mean, at this point. So um, I w- w- this team is you, – you think it's bad now. It's going to get worse because they're, they're, how bad they are up the middle, it, it's going to be – it's going to be not catastrophic, but it's going to be difficult unless they get a haul in return where, like, they get a guy – they get Tyson Yost. Okay, that levels it off a little bit in, in Claude Giroux. They, they get a center in return, and Tyson Yost is a young guy where it might be a pretty decent fit. Um, you know, he's only got 12 points in 45 games this year, so it's not a whole lot. So he's not a point producer like Claude Giroux, but it gives you something up the middle more. Uh, JT Comfer is a winger. They're also looking at 16 points in 33 games. But the but the thing with both players are both plus players, which is a good thing. So, um, you know, well, they're I also plus that, players because they're on a really good roster. Well, that's true, but you can also be a negative. You can also be a minus on a, on a roster. I mean, listen, this JT Comfer is a plus a, a plus six, and Tyson Yost is a plus one, which means you know, okay, maybe Tyson Yost is the most responsible defensively, but you're looking for offense here at this point. Yeah, I, I think with 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 the Flyers going forward here, the thing to really focus on here is not so much the injuries to Hayes, Couturier, Ellis. Look about what they could take with Claude Giroux, build up from here, and re-gear up for next season. The moves they make here at the deadline or any in the summer or not going forward with any type of player moves are going to be so critical. But it also will depend on the health of Ryan Ellis. We talk about Hayes. We talk about Couturier. If they're ready to go in the offseason, coming back for, for next season, that's fine. Ellis is really the one to watch out for. And the reason why is that if, if this thing does not clear up, 
you you it's very hard to require defensemen in the National Hockey League. So you have to think a little bit forward here. So do you go out and get a guy like you know um, in in a Byr- uh, uh, Bowen Byram, even though he's got concussion issues? You know, like you said in our in our pre in, you know in our pre show is that you know that's another Nolan Patrick situation. Do you yeah. risk that if you're able to get him in a deal? I mean, he's gonna be he's drafted for there. He's gonna be a stud defenseman, but he could miss a lot of time. So those are some of the things that they have to weigh. Is that okay? If they're going to think about trading Provorov and Byram's available, they get a guy like Byram. But how does that fare out with Ellis? Is he the type of guy where you can play with like a different defenseman rather than that? You also think well, about what same... you're doing at Ristolainen. You got to figure out what you're doing there. Are you resigning him or are you trading him? Like, yeah, you, but it, we it, only we also only got four games of Ryan Ellis and Ivan Provorov together. So I don't think that like I, I don't think the pairing issue as long as it's a, the the a right hand and a left hand shot the each of the each of the pairings I don't I don't think it matters. Because Ryan Ellis is just going to have to adapt. He didn't get any chemistry with Ivan Provorov. Might as well restart his chemistry with anyone else that you could think that you can be an upgrade. Listen, I mean, Ryan Provorov, if you look at his numbers, he's not having a terrible season. I mean, he's I agree. Honestly, I would six, which isn't bad for a team that's like now minus 25, 27 in Golden Branch. And a guy that usually and is probably the logs the most minutes out of any player. It's usually him or Justin Braun. Yes, but the question is, is he minus six because of the minutes he plays, or is he minus six because he's he's playing well? And I think that's on a bad team, it's very hard to discern that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen, you know, the thing is, there, there's an old rule that if you don't notice a defenseman, it means they're playing well. I haven't noticed Provorov the last couple of games, honestly. So for me, it's like, okay, he's, he's You've doing noticed, his job. I, you know where I have noticed him? And I think this is just because they're just so hamstrung at the power play. Okay. Him on the power play one yeah. doesn't make sense. No, like no, it, he, it, he's not a quarterback. not one. a guy. He's not a quarterback on the power play. That's Cam York's role. But unfortunately, you're not having him because you sent him down. He got hurt. Yeah. Yeah, so, I, I'm curious what the logic was before he got hurt. And I, um, I was going to I had this in the notes before uh, he got hurt on Friday. Like, did it make was it a financial reason? Was it just a minutes reason that they kept Cam York down? Is it like, minutes. hey, there? I that's what I figured. Like he would get more minutes down in Lehigh. Unfortunately, because he got more minutes, he got hurt. Yeah. It's just like, what the hell, man? Why can't we just have one got one nice thing happen for this team yeah. this year? And and that and that and that confuses me is that you should have brought him up for the Detroit game. Maybe that injury doesn't happen, obviously. But I mean, you know, you're you're already depleted enough. It's better than doing a guy like Nate Sealer out there. Now is the opportunity to get some of these young guys you wanted to get experience that experience. Like that's what you're really yeah, what you're looking looking for. Like, you know, I don't understand that. I don't think it was a money reason. He's on an ELC. So it's not like it's, it's, yeah, it's not a, it's not, that's not a ton of money. We're not so, talking $6 million here. Right. But now is the time where you kind of get these guys in here to get them the experience they need. And I don't know if they, you know, he's a 21 year old kid. He's, he had 13 games, three points. He's a minus four. Well, you expect that, but you expect him to develop a little bit more in the NHL and get used to the key speed. You just don't stuff him down in the minors, especially when the season's lost. So I don't understand the logic behind it either. But now you're in other trouble because now you just lost another defenseman. You lost more depth there. Now we have to, you know, see more Keith Yandel and more Nate Sealer, which is, you know, fitting for this season. And, you know, it's a shame because Carter Hart's putting up ridiculous numbers for a team that's really this bad. And he's got nine eleven save percentage on a team, on a bad yeah. team. And two point nine goes against Chaver. He's played very, very well, actually. I, I got very nervous being up in the press box on Wednesday uh, in the home game against Detroit because Carter obviously got the start there. And he let up some real bad goals. Like, they were not, uh, especially late in the game, at, at, in the third period when he let up the 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 just the clincher, really, the, the end of it all. Um, he really slumped that day and it was like 
oh boy, are we about to like really see this team go off the rails because Carter Hart is the guy that's been holding this team together in terms of at least competitiveness. Right. That's, that's I guess. But if he slumps or if Martin Jones slumps, because Martin Jones, again, hand up for me being wrong on him in the offseason, as you know, he's played very well. And it's just, it's very frustrating to see guys posting the goaltender numbers that they're posting and there's nothing there's nothing to show for it in front of them. Right. He's he's got a Martin Jones goals against average is a 3.56, but he's got a 901 save percentage. Just tell me he's getting peppered each game. And I said there's some games he's given up some frustrating goals to watch, but but that would be um that would be it's just on a bad team, that's gonna happen. But so let me say, ask it, you the go first, ahead. Yeah, say first game back for Carter Hart at the all-star break. I don't I'm not surprised you have a keep a couple sloppy goals. That happens. Yeah. You know, the whole team played like crap. Might go turn up the heat in practice the next day. So it's, it's, and he played much better yesterday. Just, you know, Detroit's really good at getting screens. And there was a couple of plays there where there were good screens from, especially in that most cider goal. So, and that's um, why Keith Yandel got his first goal because Isaac Radcliffe, a six foot two, just giant body of a forward, was in front of uh, Grice. I think Grice played on Saturday. Yeah. Grice played. Yeah. Yeah. And yep. just completely took his eyes away. And that's why Yandel got the goal. So it was great. Yeah, I, I just that's one of the reasons that was the one of the good things that we saw with the power play, just seeing uh, Isaac Radcliffe being on, on there. And it was great. Um, before we go, what is. So we talked about the avalanche mostly today on who we'll we'll go through each team as we get up closer and closer to the trade deadline. Today, we focused on the avalanche. What is your percentage chance that the avalanche are the team at the end of it that acquire Claude Giroux? I think they're all in this year, so I think that they're going to be the team. They're going to they're going to go for it if they have to. Hi, bye bye. So I, they're the team that's going to go. They're going to go. They're going to go for it. They're going to go yeah. for it. So I, they I don't they they have enough where they could give up. They have plenty of guys that the Flyers could go after. Not yeah. so much in draft cap, draft pick capital. A lot of good prospects. So that's that's where I think they're going to go. I mean, um, that would be that would be the team if you look at me. Is Wyatt taking over, or is yeah, it, a little bit Wyatt? Well, that's the thing is that he's got a, he's got a little waffle here this morning, yeah. But I want well, to. I could go for some waffles. Yeah, my, my freaking homemade waffles are Super Bowl Sunday, so he's flying it around like an airplane and spinning in circles <laughs> and eating it. And this is this is what I deal with on a daily basis. So yes, yeah, Mickey waffle. Yeah. So I, the reason why the reason why the kids are in here, and I want to tell a quick story real quick. Come here, buddy. Yeah. So I so I have completely failed as a father. Okay. Oh okay. no. No, here here's why. Here's why. All right. This is my this is my older son, Sawyer. Say hi, Sawyer. Hi. So Sawyer, what is your favorite hockey team? Um penguins. Yeah, the penguins. What? Yeah. So wait have, a minute. Mm-hmm, so yeah, so this is this is absolute. I have uh, he's on Facebook Marketplace. So anybody wants a nice little four-year-old or a little condition, it's he's ready, he's ready to roll. So yes, your favorite hockey team is what, buddy? Penguins. Oh my God! So I this have, this is have, cowboy have, level failure. Listen, listen. The other reason he's still here right now is because I haven't gotten it yet. It, if he if he ever says I like the Cowboys, I we're gonna we're gonna have problems. <laughs> so that's yeah. That he'll be sleeping out in in, in outside. You won't even give him so, a ten. He's just going outside. Well, here's the thing. So we we we've been playing a lot of NHL 22, and he really likes the colors. So he, you know mm. I keep, we play as the Flyers all the time. So yeah, uh, you know when when we go when we play hockey, you know what? Wait one more time. What is your favorite team, buddy? Um, Penguins. Yeah, because he likes. Yeah. <laughs> now, let, so, let, see, the this, problem this is, is how bad is this, Bill? How this is bad. 
but the is problem really is bad. when you play MLB or uh, Madden, you can't play as the Pittsburgh or the Pirates or the Steelers or the Pirates because they're all the same colors. Yeah, exactly. Because Pittsburgh and, decided and, to be uh, unoriginal and, and just yellow. go all black and yellow. Yep, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, uh, Sawyer, we have some work here to do, buddy. Okay. You know, I ain't, we're going to have to have some talks and stuff because we, we can't. Um, Having a Pittsburgh if, Penguin. If you have advice for Scott here on how to oh fix his son God, Sawyer and like, becoming a Pen- Pittsburgh Penguins fan, we need to know. Uh, shoot us an email, orangebackcheck at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at obackcheck. All that good stuff. We'll read your advice on the air on how we should handle yeah, this. I, I have completely failed as a father. And it, this is this is probably the saddest day of my life to hear because he we're sitting there playing against the Penguins one day. He goes, Dad, who are we playing? And so we're playing the Penguins. He goes, I love the penguins and I literally just almost cried. It was it was awful. It was this has been this has been very, oh, very, very man. hard to deal uh, with. See, this is why I, I don't want this is very traumatic. This is why I cannot have kids. This is why I shouldn't <laughs> have kids because I'm fearful that this moment will happen to me. Yes, yes. Who's your favorite football team, buddy? Um, Eagles. Okay, all right, so there we go. We're okay. We're, we're okay on that. We're front. on the right track here. We're on right? we're, we're on the right we're, track. We're one for four right, right now. We got right. a bump. We're one for two, I mean. Exactly. Right? So if the Flyers play the Penguins, who's gonna win the game? Um, I don't know. You don't know? All right, Flyers, Penguins. Who you got? Who you Penguins. Pick? All, right. <laughs> all right, say goodbye, Sawyer. Goodbye. Say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh so, my god. Yeah, that that I had I had to share that. That that came up this week and I just almost was like, "Oh my god, this is this is absolutely I incredible." Me, I, you know, like you said, to my wife, I said he's got to we got to put him up for sale. Like, you know, what I mean, that's what we got to do. That's that's tough, man. That's really tough. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's it. I literally, literally my office is all Philadelphia sports memorabilia, mainly the Flyers. So and he's the logic- Penguins fan. The logic, the logical thing here now is he can never celebrate Halloween because if he doesn't like orange and black, he can't mm-hmm. celebrate Halloween from now on. Yeah, I take, I, candy, I take the candy away from him. I guarantee you changes his tone, man. I'll tell you what, I don't know what I went wrong with this kid, but you know what? It's it's uh, again, you know, I listen, listen, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, there's still time. He's only four years old. I got I know. Plenty yeah, of time. that's the he good got thing. plenty of time. And I know he's a big fan of the animal, the penguins, which is probably part of the reason if you want the logical reason behind it. Yeah. Do people in Philadelphia are going to buy that excuse? Hell to the no. I'm going to get killed for this. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> Absolutely God. Absolutely crushed. It's, 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 it's terrible. It's terrible. Oh, my God. Here we go. This yep. is, that's amazing. Yep. Uh, again, if you have advice for how we got to fix Scott's son, Sawyer, help Child us out here. psychologists, anything along Orange. those lines. Do, we know you... me? Do I need to take them to, to a Flyers game? I don't know if that's a good idea or not right now. Oh my God. Orange and backcheck at gmail.com at obackcheck on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. Thank you. That's going to do it. I, we got to end on that note. Hey, did you hear what he ending. just said, too? No. I said, I should take him to a Flyers game. He goes, Penguins game. Well, they are playing Tuesday. We got to end on that. Unbelievable. Uh, Unbelievable. All right. That's going to do it. Thank you so much for listening. Episode 104. Uh, congratulations to the Rams or the Bengals, depending on what time you're listening to this. Uh, you are guy. You are now Super Bowl champions. Uh, enjoy the day. Thank you so much for listening again. At Orange Backcheck at gmail.com if you have a question or advice for how we save Sawyer. At O Backcheck on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff. And we'll talk to you next week. Can't believe it's the Penguins.